We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oklahoma City Thunder select Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga University. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough. Step back. Gets up the shot. Banks This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast coming to you live Sunday, February 12th. We decided to go live a little early today before the Super Bowl. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. I've got Nick Crane with me. It's not evening, it's afternoon, but good afternoon, Mr. Niffin. You know what? Leave me alone. We've also got Kamyar Marabi in here. I'm just hanging out and enjoying It's a really nice day outside uh, before the Super Bowl, so Taylor's probably going to be disappointed tonight, but it's okay. Uh, so I got to ask before we uh, we dive into basketball stuff, who is your guys Super Bowl? Uh, what are your Super Bowl predictions like winner? Uh, I, I don't watch the NFL. So Super Bowl winner, Super Bowl MVP. I don't know what some of the prop bets are. Uh, just what are some of your takes for tonight? Um, I'll start by saying I wish it could be the first tie ever because I hate both teams and I will not be happy regardless of the result. But my predictions, I'll give you three quick ones. Um Eagles win by three, blue Gatorade, Reddick MVP. Uh, I'm just gonna say the Eagles win because they're they just seem better. I don't know. I, I there's no really takeaways. The basketball podcast. Who cares? Touche, touche. <laughs> uh, for Taylor's case, I hope uh, I hope the Chiefs win, but I don't really have a preference. I'm just gonna be hanging out, gentlemen. Trade deadline is behind us we've just got basketball for the rest of the way thunder made a few moves we're going to talk about those they also had a hell of a game friday night uh incredibly entertaining we might touch on that a little bit as well um the whole league kind of a shakeup. so as this show is kind of going to wrap up some of the trade deadline stuff i want to know uh both nick and Kalmiar. Where were like were you asleep? Where were you when you, when the the biggest trade of them all dropped uh, at one p.m. or one sorry not one p.m. one a.m. Central Eastern Time? Holy crap! I think twelve oh five Central. Twelve oh five Central. There we go. Uh, one o'clock on the Eastern Coast. The Kevin Durant trade comes through. Were you awake? If you were not awake when you woke up and found out, just initial reactions uh, to. I think arguably like one of the the best players to ever get traded on a trade deadline ever. Yeah. I was that's used the time like wrapping up getting in bed. Um it was like the probably a minute before I was gonna put my phone down, the notification dropped. Um it was like surprising, but it wasn't it wasn't jawed. Like the Paul George trade was much more surprising because we had no indication that was going to happen like pg's been linked or um katie's been linked to the suns for a long time and ever since the summer um like i i figured that could happen like when the notification dropped and it said kevin durant and Suns, it was like the media okay like that's what happened um 
I didn't stay up to see reactions. It was one of those that was so late that all we were going to see is Houston fans reminding everybody that the Brooklyn picks are all um, in their arsenal. And I didn't want to deal with that. So I, I put my phone down and, and picked it back up in the morning to catch up on what the logistics of the trade were. I was asleep and I woke up and people said, Kami Silva and somebody else are going to crap their pants in the morning. Can't remember who said it in the Slack, but it was there. And re- realistically, my knee jerk reaction was, I'm not that surprised. Um, the Suns want to win a championship now. And then it also made me think about the continued legacy of Kevin Durant's career after it's all said and done. Like, yeah, sure. Like, after he retires, people will acknowledge like the jumping around from team to team. Uh, maybe winning a title here and there. It's it's quite possible he wins a another title. Uh, with 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 Phoenix because of the firepower they have, and also that team just like falling apart. But hey, um. But it just makes me think about him becoming a basketball mercenary and not really having a home and what that kind of means for his career long term, but also how he's remembered. But ultimately, like in 100 years, 80 years, 50 years, however many years, people probably don't care about that stuff, right? It's interesting. I think the the legacy of Kevin Durant, like you mentioned, the hopping around is interesting. I think he ends up being mostly remembered as a Thunder Right. I mean, that's where he started his career. That's where he spent most of his time. Or does he become mostly remembered as a warrior? Because that's where he won his titles at. I think it's definitely a warrior. Interesting. And I think, I think, um, I think it'd be like a Penny Hardaway Shaq situation where they're like, oh, they started really fun here, but they split up and it ended differently for both players here. With player mobility and how much like the, the loyalty of being on the same franchise for, you know, 10, 15 years is no longer going to be a thing as we go forward, like Steph's one of the last examples. Um, I don't think it's going to be weird. Like we're not going to remember Kevin Durant as a team hopper because 10 years from now, everybody's going to be a team hopper. Being a loyalist is not going to be a thing. That's probably fair. Justin. Hi, what's up, dude. What was your reaction to the Kevin Durant trade? When did you find out uh, initial thoughts, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Woj bombs as always. Were you awake? I was not awake. I was not awake. I found out in the morning. Um, saw y'all slacks about it. I think it was not surprising by any means. I think that as soon as Kyrie was gone, everybody goes back to that initial trade request, and there was a lot of smoke around Phoenix. Um, I think if I, if I had to put money down on a destination, I probably would have put it on Phoenix. Um, it makes a lot of sense for him. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. I think that it will be exciting to see him in Phoenix. I think it's it's a it's a great spot for him. It, it's exciting to be a Phoenix Suns fan. If you're if you're getting Kevin Durant, obviously that's a huge deal. Um, you guys were talking about his legacy and things like that. Like, I don't know. I think Nick makes a good point. Like, it's a new time in the NBA. I don't know that you'll ever have another Kobe or a Dirk or somebody like that. That like plays their whole time in one place and wins a chip. And that is what it is. It just doesn't seem like that's the way the league is trending anymore. This sounds like very old man talk. Well, they don't (laughs) stay in the same place anymore. It's not like it used to be, but really though. Yeah, no, it's fair. Um, I think Russ would have been a lifer if he didn't have to get traded. See, I come here. I would generally agree with that, but whenever, uh, who was it that came out with this story? Was it, Woj that reported it, Wendy, someone who said that um, Russ was the one looking to get out first yeah. before PG and just wasn't able to make it happen. Yeah. Huge so blessing. there's so much like behind the scenes stuff that we just don't know. Totally. Speaking of behind the scenes stuff, uh, I don't know how you guys feel about this. I have um, very strong feelings that lots of Thunder fans were very upset about the Mike Muscala trade. That's the one we're going to start with first. Cause that's the one that came across the board first at what time about 11 AM on deadline day was when it was announced Mike Muscala to the Boston Celtics for the return of Justin Jackson, two second round picks. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Muscala was a fan favorite. People loved the guy. Oldest guy on the team uh, provided a lot of leadership. I mean, he, this is the guy that Sam Presti, Went to his house, 
at the very beginning of deadline day, or not deadline day, but uh, um, free agency day. Think Mike's dad is there with him. <laughs> Whenever <laughs> Sam know. went. When Sam went. It's a good question. I don't know. Gave him some advice that Sam was like, uh. That'd have been interesting. Okay. <laughs> I bet it was just Sam and Mike. Maybe Mike's representation. I have a feeling that this was probably in the talks for quite a while. It's not just that on Thursday, Sam said, well, shit, we're going to trade Mike. And I'm pretty sure that Mike probably was part of those conversations for quite a, quite some time leading up to that. Shout out to Mike, by the way. Went like four or seven from three in his first game in a Celtics uniform. Not bad. Not bad. He got, he got traded to OKC. And I remember Laker fans just saying, oh, he sucks. He's complete crap. And then you see what he does with the Young Thunder team. And you're like, well, maybe not so much. Like Maybe he, maybe it's the culture in LA. He's pretty okay over here. I don't maybe know. there's like something him. out yeah. there. <laughs> something in the water. So reactions to the Mike Muscala trade. Like, did you guys expect it? How big of a surprise was it? Um, and I guess just kind of how do you interpret it as far as it's really all we have to go on is our interpretations of these moves and, and kind of what it Presti is signaling with this team. So reactions, thoughts, surprises, uh, and how you read the tea leaves of this move as far as the Thunder roster construction moving forward. Reaction was happy. No, some people were sad. I was more happy because you as soon as it happens, you know, like you said, Jacob, like he he put his stamp of approval on it. Um, he was part of the process. And with how much he cares about this team and the guys and like the entire franchise and the the future of the team, for him to approve the move to Boston, you know he was very excited about it. Like if even if it if it was like a 50-50, like, oh, that would be okay, but I also like it here too, he'd be here still. Right? Hey he, Mike, you want to win a ring? Well, that basically, that's, yeah, he's not getting traded to Houston, right? right. right. That, that 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 wasn't going to happen, and that's another reason it makes me happy because he's on the team with the best record that has the best chance to win a title. Um, Vegas may say differently now because they're going to get people to jump on the Phoenix train, but in reality, Boston's like the best team in the NBA right now. So good for Mike, happy for him. Um, I was a little bit surprised to be honest, because um, we kind of thought if this move was going to happen, it would have happened last year or the year before and it never did. So it was like, is he just never going to get traded? Is he going to just do it in free agency one of these times? He's not going to sign the one plus one team option minimum. He's going to go sign somewhere else. So uh, a bit surprising, but makes complete sense. I don't view it. You mentioned reading the tea leaves. I don't view it as a franchise is going one direction to the other. It's more of Mike finally got the opportunity that made sense for him. And Sam said, let's do it. Justin, let me ask you this. Do you think JRE presumably coming back soon? He's been playing G League games. I would not be surprised at all if he plays tomorrow night um, against the Pelicans in OKC, or if he's at least available. We've seen uh, Taylor and I talked about this Friday post game after the the Thunder beat the Blazers. The growth trajectory of J Will is like <laughs> at an exponential level right now. I mean that thing is going through the roof. Do you think any of that played a part in making the decision to move off of Mike Muscala now? I think it's, it, it's an interesting question to ponder because like you said, I don't know that anybody expected J will to be doing what he's doing at this moment. And it definitely makes a log jam when you have JRE, but not only him, you've got Poku assuming he comes back at some point. That's a lot of minutes to guys that I think are all showing promising signs. And I think you want to get burned for all of them. So if you're musky, I mean, you, you know what your opportunities are and seeing guys like Jay will kind of flourish. I think that even limits things a little bit more because we want to get those young guys burned. We want to give them opportunities to develop and putting Mike Muscala on the floor is nice in spurts, but what is that doing for your long-term future? So I think it's one of those things where it probably makes sense for both sides in this scenario where let's get Mike to a good situation, get him somewhere where he can play meaningful minutes and contribute to a team that's trying to win a title while at the same time bring up extra developmental minutes now that we've got a handful of guys that we want to see out there and explore and kind of get, give them an opportunity to show what they've got. Come here, yeah. do you have any thoughts on that part? I mean, like, it's, I think it's just a means to an end. I mean, 
you look at before Poku and before JRE get injured, Mike's not really playing that often. Um, and then, of course, just by nature, he has to play this often because you have no bigs. You have a rookie that just got done playing at Arkansas and has been playing a lot of G League minutes, too. And you have Usman Jang, who's been banged up, and everybody else has been banged up. So Mike has had to play. And so now you replace him with Dario Saric, basically. Uh, another guy that's had a lot of playoff experience. Uh, I think he's like 28 years old, can shoot mid-range, three-point shot. Um, I don't think it means really anything. And I also think it's just another opportunity for Sam Presti to say, like Justin said, get those younger guys those minutes uh, that are we're expecting to come back, like uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, like Poku, like Usman Jang. You give Eugene Omarui, you get he gets some more cash, yay for him. And then Sam Presti gets what he always wants, more bites at the apple, two more second-round picks of guys that they can just deep scout uh, and see what happens, like Jay will. Yeah, and one of those second-round picks, Kamiar, comes this season, 2023. That gives the Thunder four total picks in this upcoming draft, one first, three seconds. The other second-rounder, is a Boston second rounder in 2029. So literally as far down the road as they could get a pick. It might be dead by then. Who knows? Hey, yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> the the Chinese spy balloons might have killed us all by then. So It's true. So the second trade, one that we all, I mean, we've seen the writing on the wall all year, right? We assume this as soon as an extension wasn't signed. The Darius Baisley move. Let me ask you guys this, though. On Thursday, after the Mike Muscala news comes across late morning, did you start to question, well, maybe Baisley stays around now because they've already opened up the roster spot that they needed for their draft pick this summer. They've already kind of done the job with Baisley. Did that thought ever cross your mind? No. Because Nobody. I, love they, I mean, Baisley could be that roster spot anyways. If you don't trade him, you probably, you're not signing him to a big, huge clutch deal anyways. Yep. So you're going to get that I- roster spot. I think it was always not really about the roster spot for yeah. the Baisley trade, yeah. right? It was the contract situation. That's why we've been talking about this since the summer is because as soon as he didn't sign that extension, Presti yeah. is going to turn that into something. He's not going to let Baisley walk for nothing this summer. And that's exactly what we saw. It was, I think, what everybody expected and kind of what we've been talking about since, like I said, the season started, really. I think it's only right, Jacob, you should be the one giving us your thoughts on Baze. I think all of our listeners yeah. would love to hear your thoughts on Baze, <laughs> given you've been the most vocal about him for the past two years. No, 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 that that's was fair. actually my question. My question was not, I was like, okay, this makes sense for everybody involved in OKC. I was like, my real question is, what is Jacob doing right now? <laughs> and how does he feel? Um, very expected on my end. So as far as I understand, because... Sarich makes what about eight million dollars, and Baisley was only at like three. So the Thunder traded Baisley just for the second round pick, and then they brought in Sarich in the Derek Favors trade exception that they had created back at the beginning of the year. Uh, Thunder also saved money on the Mike Muscala deal, so they are still not over the luxury tax. That was never going to happen. So the second round pick that they got from Phoenix, I believe also a 2029 second rounder. The Thunder basically got that pick because they just ate $8 million of salary from from Phoenix. They saved Phoenix tax dollars. Uh, That's pretty much why they got a second round pick. And then they also sent Darius Baisley. So Baisley didn't, Baisley's value wasn't that second. It was eating the contract of Dario Saric. That is that second. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I I think, like I said, the writing's been on the wall forever. I don't think he fit what Oklahoma City was doing. I do think Dario Saric does a little bit to me. Dario Saric is kind of like a 28-year-old Mike Muscala. You know, does the same type of stuff. Is going to run a lot of pick and pops. Is going to play, like, fine fundamental defense. He's not going to be some sort of lockdown guy. Um, and Dario's contract expires this summer. And he's not going to be back on this team. This is like a three-month rental. Uh, they're going to bring in their first-round pick next year. They're going to you know, make some trades on draft night or whatever, move up the draft board maybe, and that's how they're going to fill out the rest of their roster. Now, Phoenix lost a ton of depth in that KD trade. 
right? Just that's inevitable. That always has to happen. That's why I didn't think the KD trade would happen until the summer. Uh, it was just because the the depth that it creates, the lack of. I think there's a chance Darius plays like 10 to 15 minutes a night in Phoenix in the role that we've always talked that he needed to do in Oklahoma City. Phoenix and Monty Williams isn't going to say, hey, let's explore Darius Baisley and see what he can do. They're not in the exploration phase. They're in the, you have to play or your ass is riding the bench because we're trying to win a championship. So could Baisley come in as a backup four slash five versatile defender and only be allowed to shoot corner threes and catch lobs and run in transition? I think that's probably what you're going to see. Does he play every night? No. Is he in the playoff rotation? No. Um, But I could see him getting minutes for Phoenix for the rest of this year. I don't know if they're going to sign him in restricted free agency. So that's going to be interesting. Like, does he just hit the open market and what happens to him then? Um, But I thought Friday night, pregame, before the Thunder took on the Blazers, Mark talked about it. Shea talked about it. Lots of the guys talked about um, these trades and and kind of how close knit this team was, and how you know it hurts on the personal side. Apparently, Shea and Baisley were like super duper close, and Shea was pretty upset that Baisley was gone. Made me think a lot of that first iteration of the Thunder, uh, and brought me back to this trade wasn't nearly as seismic as as the one I'm about to mention, but it made me think of the the Jeff Green move. Right. And just how close knit those dudes were. And they'd been together for years. And then you make the trade. Um, Baisley is not Jeff Green, didn't net as big of a return as Jeff Green. But I think the personal side of it, it's probably pretty similar to the Jeff Green trade. I think that's a great analogy from, from a personal kind of player standpoint. This is the first piece of what you could maybe consider the Thunder core of the last few years getting traded off. I think, again, we all kind of saw this coming, but it doesn't change that impact on the players. I think from a team culture standpoint, this is probably kind of a watershed moment for the team as roster exploration has taken its toll on basically everybody else outside of like the Shea, Lou, Bays triangle. Everybody else has come in and out of those prospects. So this is the first one that like kind of got a little bit closer. People are trying to trade Dort every other day. So maybe that, you know, continues to creep on. But I think that that's that is a big moment for this team as they move towards contending for a championship. The the process of roster evaluation gets harder and harder to do because you're getting rid of better and better players as that process goes on. But that's by design. Yeah, Justin brings up a great point. And it's like the first time that this small unit of players, of core players, is now finding out that this is not just a sport, but it's also a business. And that, like you said, it's going to happen more and more. I mean, like we talk about, I mean, I posed a question to Jacob just the other day about trading uh, eventually Lou or, or, or J-Dub for the sake of something else later on down the line. Um, and they're getting that first kind of like taste of that because Lou is feels like on the chopping block with his roster and basically definitely was like around everybody else and yada, yada, like no matter what the public perception is, I mean, and going back to our podcast with Perry Jones, all these people like they have really personal lives and really personal connections. So it's their first iteration of understanding that this is a business. And in order for this team to get over the line and over the hump and into the actual playoffs, this stuff like needs, this needs to happen. I think the only other comment I would make that you guys haven't already brought up is, and maybe Jacob didn't mean this as literally as, as literally as he said it, but um, there's a non-zero chance that Dario does stick on the team beyond this year. I mean, think about Kenrich Williams when he was a throw-in in the Stephen Adams trade. We probably saying the same thing. This guy's not a long-term piece. I'm not. I'm not sitting here saying like Dario's is great fit and he's going to be this long tenure Thunder player, but. Um, I think Sam genuinely is going to give him the opportunity to be in the rotation the rest of the way and see what he has. Like, yes, he's 28, the oldest guy on the team. Um, but similar to Sfi, like he's he's actually going to explore him. Like it's it's not a it's not a bring him in and we already like we're closed minded to bringing him back. Like if he fits really really well and could be a vet, like there there will will be another roster spot. You know, there there will be opportunity to consolidate and trade and open a roster spot. So I just, I just wouldn't be closed-minded to Dario the rest of the way, looking at him as a rental, even though it's likely. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, they do a really good job of talking. Mark mentioned this on Friday. We come in with no preconceived notions. We bring these guys in and we don't put them in a box and we see what we got. And my question is, and, and I guess it's a really good segue for the next thing I wanted to talk about. How does Dario fit in? Because we mentioned Jay Will's pl- playing really freaking good. Like I'm kind of I'm kind of in awe of what this kid is doing right now. JRE is headed back. Hopefully we get Poku back, mm-hmm. right? I think after the All-Star break we'll have a really good like idea of when and if Poku will play. Usman has been playing good in the G League. He's coming back up. Um I mean shit, this team plays Kenrich Williams at center. Does Dario Saric just fit into the hey, you'll get 10 minutes every other game, kind of like what Mike Muscala got type of role? Or do you guys think he like gets into the regular rotation? What is... We suddenly have this really interesting dynamic where a month and a half ago, we dropped a podcast asking, like the whole show was, what did the Thunder do at center? Because everyone's hurt. Now, we almost have to have the opposite conversation of, what the hell does Oklahoma City do at center? Because they get all these guys coming back and only a certain amount of minutes to play them. I I think he's a similar role of responsibility as as Mike. I don't see him being a regular part of the rotation. Um, but I also don't know if I view him as a center. Like I don't also don't view JRE, although he plays center. But JRE has the the build to play center. Like Dario, I think is a, a four and only a four. Like, I think he plays mostly on the perimeter for this team. I don't think, like, even Jay Will, he's undersized, but he is a, a guy that goes and does things in the paint. I don't think that's going to be Dario at all. He's, he's everything that I've seen of him is catch on the perimeter, shoot, drive, cut. Like, it's nothing. He's not going to be posting up or, or working the offense inside the paint. So I, I don't even see him as a center. So I, and I know Poku's not a center either. And none of these guys that play center are actual centers, but I really don't see Dario playing center. Yeah, I think it'll be limited minutes unless he does something amazing to earn more. I think he'll continue to be kind of one of those fringe rotation guys, much like Mike Muscala. He'll get a chance here and there. He'll get opportunities. Um, anything beyond that will have to be earned. And and there's a possibility, a real possibility that he does that. Maybe he does earn more minutes, but I think the the emphasis, especially as the season wanes on, I think is going to continue to be on development. And I think they're going to prioritize development of the younger guys over a guy like Dario. Um, just, just because of, I think that's, that's where their, their focus is as an organization. I think the, I think the context of the situation all also like matters a lot. Like this team, if you don't expect them to make a play in, or if you don't expect them in, in any capacity to do that, then obviously I agree totally with Nick and Justin. Like he's, yeah, he'll, he's a great mid range guy that you can pick and pop with. He's a guy that's a great that and at the corners. That's what he did in Phoenix when they were on their title one, when we thought they were, maybe were going to win a title over uh, the bucks, but, and he got hurt and then they just got hurt as well and they lost, but whatever. Um, but if they do make a play in or like at the very end of the season, I could easily see because of his extensive kind of playoff experience, especially with the Suns, this most recent iteration of the Suns, that he could play a bigger role in the team. Um, but as far as playing time, a few more minutes here, sure, awesome. If you need a bucket and a guy that's played in on a big stage a few times, great, fantastic. But at the most part, I agree with Nick and Justin that. He's he's going to be there, but it's mostly about development and making that Poku Nectar come back along uh, with JRE and saying, seeing what he can do, because it feels like we haven't seen Jeremiah Robinson Earl in quite some time on the court. And I think a lot of people are forgetting what he's he did for this team. Definitely. The argument of like the development minutes, I agree with. But I also look at these past two games. Or like against the Lakers, they play essentially like an eight-man rotation against the the Portland Trailblazers. Like they they're clearly gunning to win. You know, uh, Shea comes back with ten minutes left in the fourth instead of his normal like six minutes left. I wonder if the coaching staff is starting to trend more towards we're just going to play our dudes who are going to win games, and if Usman comes back, we'll throw him in there. But if he struggles, you get five minutes and you're pulled, right? You think- and it's going to. 
Do you think Kendrick was lying when they said they were trying to make the playoffs? It, I mean, and they're right there. We're going to talk about it here in a second, actually. But, I mean, it's interesting. We, we're now at this, this point where I do think they want to develop these young guys, for sure. And, I mean, J-Dub, young guy. He played 40 minutes in L.A. the other night. You know, those are great development minutes, but he's also contributing to winning basketball. Also, that guy is just freaking incredible. Like, <laughs> Comey and I were texting yesterday just about that dunk and and his defense in that Portland game. He's – dude's absurd, man. Like, I think so Justin Justin tweeted uh, the Thunder got the best player in the 2023 draft – or the 2022 draft, and they got Chet Holmgren. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I joking, but kind of not. Yeah. You ain't wrong. Um, so just that the balance of like getting young guys experience, but also like they're coaching to win right now. They're trying to win basketball games. It's it's an interesting balance that I'm interested to see how they they handle it the rest of the way. Did you see Dag's comments on Jadov after the game uh, this past whatever night on Friday? Yeah, I don't remember. He was and mentioning he was mentioning how J Dub is more along the lines of at the beginning of the season he was reacting to everything in front of him, and now he's being very proactive and noticing things and immediately uh, do, knowing what he needs to do in every in a lot of a lot of situations at this point in the season. So he is growing rapidly as far as just his snapshots of what plays he needs to make and when he needs to make them. So he's becoming far more efficient despite the fact that the scouting report is out on him. He just is able to do that. He's beginning to believe <laughs> it's a Jedi. <laughs> He's freaking awesome, dude. I love that dude. Um, Last thing before we go around the association, all the trades have been made. We're not going to like recap. I can't even remember how many trades were made on deadline week. I think someone said there was over 40 second round picks traded. 40 by four teams. It's ridiculous. Joking, sort of. So I'm going to pull up the current standings of the Western Conference. We did this exercise a few weeks ago, but we did it with the caveat of trade deadline is going to change stuff. And it's going to change our perspective of what does this team look like and where do they end in the Western Conference moving forward. So I want us to go through this and decide where do the Thunder and the season at, uh, they're really, I mean, three and up is really not possible. Um, I think down to 13th is possible, but they're not dropping to San Antonio level, right? They're not dropping to Houston level. So we're really looking at this span of like 13 all the way up to really four. They're a two and a half games out of fourth. So considering all the trades that have been made, all the ways that these teams look differently now. Even news from today, like Zion Williams. Zion Williamson not getting reevaluated till after the All-Star break. Reevaluate doesn't mean coming back. All that considered, looking at this playoff picture right now, 4 through 13, where do you guys see the Thunder landing and some of these other teams landing? Like if the Thunder move up, stay down, uh, stay the same, who climbs, who drops, etc.? I think if you look at some of the other teams based off of what happened at the trade deadline, it, it makes the picture a little bit clearer. Uh, Utah probably getting worse, albeit, you know, they're not a huge drop off. Like it wasn't like they made a seismic blow it up move, but they're definitely like trending that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, Golden State, who knows, trying to get better. Uh, did they get better? I'm not sure. I'm not sure they're sure. Um, we'll find out what happens with Gary Payton, um, Minnesota. I think they probably like, they tried to get better. I don't know that they succeeded, but then you have like jumping up the Clippers, the Suns, the Mavericks, all those teams got better. They're all gunning up. I don't think you're going to catch that top tier. Like there's that little dotted line in there separating the play in teams. I don't, I don't think you're getting past that anymore um so that puts teams like the pelicans the timberwolves the warriors that i don't know that they necessarily got a ton better but what i do think is that they may be able with 
I'm going to say with the exception of the Timberwolves, I think the Pelicans and the Warriors have a push in them. I don't know that the Timberwolves do. Maybe Mike Conley saves the day, but I have my doubts. Cat comes back, though. Cat comes back. That's big. That does that. That is big. Um, so I, it's tough to see them. I think getting even to like seven, eight for me. Yeah. I think nine is definitely in play. 10 where they're at is in play, but I also think 11 is in play. Cause you have the trailblazers hanging out down there too, that I think Oklahoma city did, did some nasty work to them in Portland the other night. But I think they they have an opportunity too to to make a run just because they have Damian Lillard, and so they're always going to have that opportunity. I think the Blazers got worse, and I don't think they're a very good basketball team. They're kind of a mess, but they do still have Dame, and you can't write them off. Very true. Very true. I think their team got worse. Justin mentioned uh, the Clippers getting better. Nick, did the Clippers get better? Yes, absolutely. I mean. They shipped out Luke Kennard, but got Eric Eric Gordon. They got their backup big and plumber they needed. Um, at the end of the day, though, none of those moves matter if Kawhi and PG aren't healthy and playing. But their their fifteen man roster on paper today is better than it was before the deadline. Interesting. You also mentioned Minnesota getting Carl Anthony Towns back. Like on the roster, that makes them look better. But we saw how much struggle they had playing their two bigs and the lack of spacing and the lack of like any sort of continuity, like is there a chance that bringing Carl Anthony Towns back actually hurts this team more than it helps them? No, he's too good. I mean, early season growing pains with two bigs is one thing. Tim coming back and playing the rest. Like he's Carl Anthony Towns is so good. You could put him on any team in the NBA today and they'd be better team straight up. I, I get the fit concerns, but you figure out ways to stagger run offense differently, defend differently. Like they, are not a worse team with Cat. Do you think the point guard change helps that, given all the um, alleged D'Angelo Russell Gobert mm-hmm. back yeah, and I th- forth? I think that Conley playing a ton of games with Gobert in the past helps. Yep. I, mean, I, I think that D'Angelo Russell's a better player, but it, with those off-court concerns and with the offense not working with, with him at the helm, like you got worse with Conley on paper, but maybe it works better from a fit standpoint. See if he stays healthy. Just yeah. like the rest of the team. See, that's you, my argument with Cat. Like getting yeah. him back makes them an on-court talent better, but I'm not sure if the fit is going to totally work. And I mean, you need you need time to work that stuff out. He hasn't played. They're they're going to be trying to work that out on the fly with you stagger him. 25, 30 game. minutes, 20, 25 or 30 games left in the season. Like, I don't know. It's interesting. There, there's there's ways, there's ways to do it. Um, I do think the Jazz are clearly uh heading straight down like if money was on it today like between the thunder and the jazz which team would finish 13th i think it'd be the jazz today agreed i also think between the blazers lakers warriors timberwolves one of those teams will likely be below Oklahoma city at the end of the year i don't know which one but i think jazz plus one of those and my prediction is Oklahoma city finishes 11th yeah, I mean, like this takes us back to the podcast we did uh, like a month and a half ago when we were like, hey, where does OKC maybe fit? And it's still the same exact answer, which is nine through 11. I mean, of course, the teams above, like you guys just mentioned, Clippers, Suns, Mavs, they all got better. And Kyrie's in a place where a state where universally most of the people in that state accept his beliefs. So he's probably going to be happy there. Um, <laughs> Justin um, and Nick, you two are the exception of that rule. And then uh, I said universally. <laughs> that means the most utilitarianism. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Clips. Uh, they they got better. The Pelicans. Zion. Um, who has? I mean, he's played really really well this year. But that's when he's playing, and so those injury concerns remain consistent. And subsequently, same thing with the Clippers, as Jake, as you mentioned, um, with Gobert, Conley. He's a nice guy that has played a lot of minutes for a lot of for well, not really a lot of teams, a few teams now, I suppose, but he's more defensive guy. He's more of a facilitator and less flash than he used to be. And of course, like you mentioned, it really, really helps out with him being more pure point guard and playing with Rudy Gobert. But Warriors, 
they've got a run in them. Trailblazers and OKCs were sometimes right find difficulty uh and understanding like, where their positions are in the west because between the trailblazers and the thunder who has the best player is it shea or is it dame i'm biased dude i know you're biased but <laughs> stop it like who's who's the better player who would you want in, in clutch time I, I know shea has the most clutch time points who do you want you want it's almost like a preference thing because as you saw on Friday night, they are both incredible, but they do it in such drastically different ways that it almost just becomes like a a, a preference thing. I mean, I'm I'm taking Shea. I'm probably, I'm, I'm probably picking Dame for today. Like any team late game situation, I like the the versatility like i dame can hit it as we all we know all too well as thunder fans like he can hit it from anywhere on the court and we've seen him do it time and time and time again shea is impossible to stop the craftiness but i think sometimes in late game situations like because of his game it may be easier to game plan against i say that with massive asterisk because we've seen shea score from on anybody in any situation yeah. like come here just said he has the most clutch time minutes today dame long term give me shay i mean that's the answer right i mean I couldn't have said it better you haven't seen sga run off a screen randomly through game six in yeah. the playoffs and clapping his hands for with like what 0.4.56 seconds on the clock and and the rockets playoff dreams right in front of everybody right. i mean shay hasn't done that yet but he's done a couple of awesome really game winners but not that, totally. not that, not to that level, not to that magnitude. And so I agree with that, Justin. I think it's interesting though. Like those two are Thunder and and Portland, kind of right there, jockeying for position right now. It's not fit. But if you zoom out to thirty thousand feet, these two teams are going in drastically different directions. Yep, like drastically different directions. And I don't know how Portland, um, like this catch, season catch, or the future. For like the future, for like the next three years. No, oh, yeah, I agree with that. And I don't know how Portland changes their trajectory. They should blow that up. They should blow. They needed to blow that up yesterday. Yeah, actually, three days ago. But you know, <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, one the one that we haven't talked about sitting down there at thirteen is the Los Angeles Lakers. I I think they got better for sure. They they added depth, which is what they definitely mm-hmm. needed. Anthony Davis is healthy. We'll see how long that lasts for. Uh, who was it? I think it was um, Stan Van Gundy said that every time he grimaces, you expect to hear that he's out two to four weeks. Day <laughs> uh, to Davis. That's tough. That's he's tough. back now, but LeBron's out. Can this team, and I mean, they made a lot of changes. Can they put it together enough to jump the thunder and get up into that playing range? Like, yes. They're at 26 yeah. and 31. They have to go plus five in their remaining like 28 games or whatever just to reach 500. I don't know if they can get there. I think it's more of a question of it's less about the Lakers because they now have the talent and their roster to do it. But the Thunder have to lose games too. Like it was yeah. for any team above the Lakers. Like they could go, you know, they could win 60% of their games the rest of the way. But that would mean the teams above them have to lose or have to win less than, you know, X percent. Like, the teams above you have to lose as well. So I think it's more about the other teams than it is the Lakers. I think many, they've, they've got the talent to win the games they need to, but will the other teams lose what they need to? How many remaining games does OKC have against the Lakers? Two. Is it two? I thought, I believe, no, I thought it was two. I think it's two. I think that is probably, probably a little bit significant to think about in the future. Definitely. Tiebreakers really start to come into play as well, and the Thunder are 3-0. and on the Trailblazers, they haven't played the Jazz at all yet. Nope. Um, they're zero and two or zero and three against the Warriors. Just zero and two, right? Zero and whatever. Um, so it's the tiebreaker stuff is interesting as well. I I don't know if the Lakers get there, guys. I just I they have to get healthy, they have to gel, and they have to win basketball things. They haven't done any of those three things like this entire season. No, but yeah, I agree totally. You gotta you gotta correct all those pretty quick. I think yeah, everybody's pretty 
pessimistic about that, especially Anthony Davis not really yeah. being like I was thinking about this the other night. Anthony Davis, when you say his name now these days, especially because of his injury, and also he's kind of in the shadow of LeBron in Los Angeles, you don't really think of him as maybe the Anthony Davis as you thought of him when he was in New Orleans, which I is gr- kind of like totally sad agree. to think about. I mean, watching that Thunder versus Lakers game, like I don't even think about him because he, he didn't do anything. Do anything. It was horrible. He like, I mean, he just blended in with the wall that entire game. All right, against, put, against oh. the Thunder, who like have no one to stop Anthony Davis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild. All right, moment of truth. Trade deadlines passed. We know what lies ahead. We know what these rosters look like moving forward. The only thing we don't know is health. Where do the Thunder end? What is, what is their seeding position at the end of the season? I already gave my answer, 11. I'm going to be slightly more optimistic and say 10. I think we get in the play-in. I also say 11. All right, I'm going to split a 50-50 because I'm going 10 as well. It's going to be interesting to see. So the guys that are at 10, who are the, uh, besides San Antonio Houston, who are the three teams that don't make it in? Utah. I think it's the three that are already down there. Ooh, spicy. Utah, Portland, Los Angeles. That's a little spicy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Utah, Portland, Minnesota. I think that's fair, too. Mm-hmm. We'll see. It's going to be a fun stretch run for OKC. The only bad thing is they have, what, three games against Phoenix? Indeed. Sucks we couldn't get those Phoenix games when uh, <laughs> Book and CP were injured. One, one. I don't know, I wouldn't spin it as like positive for the Thunder, but I think it's positive for the league. I think this trade deadline readjusted the market in a really, really good way. With Rudy Gobert and that deal, yeah. I think it was like bonkers inflated. And that's why a lot of those big deals like Donovan Mitchell and, and even the almost KD deals didn't happen. Now that we've seen this deadline go past with a bunch of second rounders and KD didn't take as much as you think, I think that fares well for a fun offseason moving forward. And Nick, that's why I mentioned in in the Slack that it we always talk about, oh, who's worth this many first rounders or who's worth this? It's it's not that it's the yeah, the mark the market dictates things, but it's unique to every trade and every experience trade that goes down. That that's what it factors down to. It it's not the market value. It's what is happening in the moment at that time that dictates that that value. And so that's why you're seeing five second rounders mm-hmm. or however million how few rounders second first or second rounders for other teams i think i think it's each individual trade which is so actually intriguing yeah the the five seconds is uh <laughs> blew my mind yep. um and apparently that was the going rate you know that's what you got to do to get stuff done now five second rounders it's a lot of picks good thing the thunder have like 19 of those moving forward <laughs> they can make the jay crowder <laughs> trade four Gosh. times if they want to all right we're gonna take a quick break On the other side, we are going to go around the association. All right, we are back. Gentlemen, let's take a trip. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Know where you sitting at? (laughs) All right, we are one week away from the All Star game. All Star teams have been announced, even the reserves. Um, not not the reserves, but like the the reserve reserves of like injured players. They are picking teams. Uh, it's not right before the game, but it's like what is it? A couple hours before the game or something like that? Is that correct? And they're going to air it right before the game. Yes, which I'm very mad about. I feel like I was lied to. Yeah, I wanted it to be live in the moment on the court. Like toss them a jersey as they walk over. Exactly. The two players who are choosing the teams would be LeBron James and Giannis Antetokounmpo. So we are going to recruit, well, not recreate it because we're the originals. So we're going to create it. They're recreating it next Sunday night. And we're going to draft all-star teams. I think it's only right that Justin's Giannis, given mm. their, their body types. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said. <laughs> So, <laughs> Justin, you are Team Giannis. Call me or you're going to join Justin. Since Nick is going to the All-Star game, I hope you saw our tweet. Nick is our All-Star slut. <laughs> I don't know who made that graphic, but the league immediately fired them. <laughs> Nick and I will be Team LeBron. Uh, I have the list of players right here. I've also sent it to you guys uh, to make it a little bit easier. Justin and Kamiar, you guys as Giannis on team Giannis on Tenzin Kupo, you have your first pick. Uh, do the, I, I forget, do we have to pick the starters first I and then go so. to the reserves? Yep. yep. All right. So pick your first starter from the East. We have Kyrie, Donovan Mitchell, Kevin Durant, uh, and Jason Tatum. And in the West, we have Jokic, Curry, Doncic, and Zion. Um, they haven't replaced Zion yet, have they? Or no, no they I did agree. with uh, with. Oh, they replaced him with Laurie Markkinen. Is that right? Or did Laurie yes. automatically? Well, Laurie made it. Um, they just they just came out yesterday who they were replacing them with. Um, let me I'm looking through the list here. here. It was a weird one because they didn't replace it with the West. It was like a weird East replacement. Was it? It was something. Funky. Was it Pascal? I'm yes, Pascal was one of them. Um, and then Steph got replaced uh, with Jaw. This is a great podcast. I'm just doing this on the fly. <laughs> Steph got replaced with Jaw. Zion got replaced with Pascal. And from the East. No, Durant got replaced with Pascal. This is horrible. Let, just What are you doing, man? Team Giannis, just make your pick. No, no. Lowry got promoted to a starter. Um, Joel and B got promoted to a starter, and John Morant got promoted to a starter. That's what they came out with yesterday. Okay. Right. Team Giannis, Anthony Edwards, De'Aaron Fox, and Pascal Siakam flipped in his reserves. There you go. Justin, who do you, who do you want? I'm going KD. You're going KD? You aligned with that or no? In like. Thinking? I mean, so from my understanding, you can pick anybody from the East or the West. Yeah, correct. Yes. I would be thinking about Luca. He's my second pick. You can you can win me over. Let's go, Luca. You can't draft KD if he's hurt. Why? Sure, you can. I'm joking. Fine. Okay. No All KD right. then. Luca Doncic. You guys are going Luca Doncic. Keep yep. track of your okay. team because I'm not oh, writing them down. Oh God. <laughs> Nick, you're keeping track of our okay. team. I got okay. it. All right. Luca is off the board. Team LeBron, who are we picking? 
I would like to take. Oh man, this is tough. I say we go Nikola Jokic. Sure, that works great. Beautiful. And Giannis, you're back on the board. Who do you want? You got Jaw. You got Larry Markinen. That's taking the place of Stefan Zion. You got Tatum, Mitchell, Kyrie, and Pascal Siakam taking the place of Durant. Do you, Justin? Do you want to go Jason Tatum? Just That's because exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, let's go Jason Tatum. Love it. Beautiful. I'm also like going to love it. Gotta have Giannis, it. Giannis and LeBron since we are them. Nick, who are we going with? Should we probably should get a guard? And it's not going to be Kyrie. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Kyrie is going last. I, I, I already know that's <laughs> happening. You want do you want Mitchell or do you want Jaw? Both go, are fun. Let's go Jaw. We're taking Jaw. Who do you guys want? Time to go big? Yeah, I was, I was thinking time to go big as well. Wait, I'm sorry. I said Pascal Siakam took Durant's spot. That would uh, that is incorrect. That would be um, uh, Joel Embiid. Yes, yeah, Pascal's a reserve. You thinking Embiid or Jokic? Already got we Jokic. took Jokic. They, they already took Jokic, so we would have to go Embiid. Okay. Unless Embiid it is. Yeah. Okay. You guys get Embiid. Nice. Nick? I say we take Donovan Mitchell. He's still there. Who are other options? Donovan Mitchell, Kyrie Irving. And um, Laurie Markinen taking the place of Zion. Yeah, let's go Donovan. We are taking Donovan Mitchell. You guys got Kyrie Irving or Laurie Markinen? Laurie. All right, we get Kyrie. All right, so far the starters. Will you guys read the starters to us real quick? (laughs) Justin, what's your team? Kami, are you? Do you write it down? <laughs> so I've, we've got Luca, Tatum, Embiid, and Laurie Markinen so far. Luca, Tatum, Embiid, Markinen, and Giannis. 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 That's a that's a big team. We are LeBron, Jokic, Ja, Mitchell, Kyrie. We got a really small team. Yep, I like it. <laughs> but our team is going to destroy yours, like the Monstars, but in, like in real life. Team Giannis. Your first pick of the reserves. We have Jalen Brown, DeMar DeRozan, Julius Randle, Drew Holiday, Tyrese Halliburton, Bam Adebayo, Pascal Siakam. Shouldn't we get the first pick since they got the first of the starters? No, it doesn't matter. Yeah, screw you guys. It doesn't matter. Western (laughs) Conference, we got SGA, Lillard, Paul George, Jaron Jackson Jr., DeMontis Sabonis, Ant Edwards, and De'Aaron Fox. Nick, you fired it off. You said you want to get the first pick, so who do you want? I would like Tyrese Halliburton. All right, put him on the team. Be honest. Are, you have a strong right. preference because I really want Ant. So yeah, I was thinking that we should go small and get a guard and get Ant Edwards. I was going to say either Ant Edwards or Dame, but Ant offers you so much more uh, just because of what he's been doing. So yes, Ant. Ant feels like a guy that's like going to go a hundred in the All Star game versus Dame, who may just yep. be like chilling. I think that's fair. Nick, who are we taking this time around? We've got a small team. We need some size. Let's go. Let's go. Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo. He's on the team. All right. Do you want to go Sabonis? Are you thinking big or small? Because we've already got like Giannis, Luca, Tatum, and like as wing guys, but also dudes that play on the rock. Do you still want to go small like Jalen Brown? Or are you thinking somebody like Deer and Fox? Or what are you thinking? I I think I like Jalen Brown here. Like, yeah, Jalen Brown is a better version of Paul George. It doesn't get hurt as often. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, let's go Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown is the pick. Well, Dame can't fall any further. We're going to take him. Oh, no, we're taking Shea. Nope. We're not. Wow. We just said one of them is better than the other today. You'd rather have one over the other today. I'd rather playing have today. 
Do we take Shay? Do you want to take Shay? <laughs> yeah, we're taking Shay. Let's take Shay. God yeah. damn it, Nick. Showed right, Nick, who do you want? Um, Let's go with Sabonis. Okay, we need That's some size. Pick. That's I'm okay pick. with that. I like Domas. Bam and Sabonis will be a fun little front court. Yeah, and just for that, I was thinking, Justin, that we should have we should go big and take Jaron Jackson. Do you think? Aligned. Maybe I was thinking the same. There we go. Jaron Jackson Jr. JJJ. Nick. I would like Pascal Siakam. <clears throat> Who do you want? Either him or De'Aaron. Let's go, Pascal. Okay. You want Fox? Call me R. So, all right. Here we've got. You gonna pick Julius yep. Randle? You little freak. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Is like we have Luca, Tatum, Giannis, Shea, Ant, and Jalen Brown that can all handle the ball pretty it's well. The All Star Let them and all so, handle the ball. Just to have funsies. I would say let's go deer and Fox because our starters and all yes. of our bench guys are already pretty big. Yes. All right. Deer and Fox for you guys. I think you got four left. DeRozan, Randall, Holiday, or George. Randall in the all-star game just feels eh. Um, I agree. So does Holiday, frankly. Agree. Um, I'm either DeMar or PG. I'll let you pick this one. PG. I don't want to watch DeMar shoot mid-range. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. For this one, I would specifically say Julius Randle because you know he doesn't get any awards ever anywhere else, and he will go <laughs> ham in this game. Sold. Nick, two guys left, DeRozan or Holiday. Yuck. <laughs> wow. Um, let's go DeMar. We're taking DeMar. We Drew will happily is. take Drew, I suppose. All right. Nick, read us our team. We have, uh, this is Team LeBron, so obviously LeBron's on the team. Uh, Jokic, <laughs> Ja, Mitchell, Kyrie, Hallie, Bam, Dame, Sabonis, Pascal, PG, DeRozan. Nice. Come here, what's your team? Esther starting five for the all-star team Giannis. Giannis Antetokounmpo, followed by... Luca Doncic, Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid, and for some reason, some guy named Laurie Markkinen. But then we've also got <laughs> Shea, Gilgis Alexander, Ann Edwards, Jalen Brown, JJJ, Darren Fox, Julius Randle, and Drew Holiday, a recipe to mess your guys' team up. You guys got a lot of J's or J in your team. And a lot of dubs, like wins. <laughs> like that, you're, with this team beats your team 100% of the time. Touche. Touche. Gentlemen, before we get out of here, because I know Nick's about to have to jet and we're right at an hour. So before we get out of here, real quick, only two games on the docket this week. First one, Monday versus the New Orleans Pelicans. Still no Zion. Nick, what are your thoughts? I'm not going to get into the 500 conversation like last <laughs> week. You have to. Uh, There's no avoiding it. So basically, this is the game that decides if they go 500 before the break. This is it. Because they have to go 2-0. They're going to mm-hmm. get to 500. Or, or win the first one to get to 500, then lose. And then you could still sit there at 500 this week. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is not the week the Thunder Oh, my gosh. So Nick's taking the, the loss to New Orleans. Justin? Win. Come here. Okay, so he's going to go 2-0. and Ooh, I think I agree. We all agree that they're beating Houston, right? Yes. They've made that mistake twice. They're not going to do it again. Dude, it's the game before the All-Star break. Houston's weirdly their kryptonite. They've won like five of the last seven against the Thunder. Nick's going 0-2. It's just these games before the All-Star break, like people can literally be checked out. Thunder have like three guys going to Salt Lake, but maybe a fourth with Joe of the two teams, Houston and Oklahoma city. Who's more likely to be checked out in the last game before the all-star break. I mean, it's more likely it's Houston, but Houston also, yes, like, correct. But they don't they, No, It's, it's different. <laughs> it's different. It's different. It's, it's just different. Okay? I wonder if John wall plays. If it was, if it was any Yikes. other tanking team, any tanking team besides the rockets, I'd say win, but 
they've weirdly all right negative nancy i could see one and one but oh and two would very they're very much surprised me i agree agreed gentlemen any thoughts before we get out of here no all right sounds good monday after a super bowl should be a holiday (laughs) national hey now we're talking there we go only when teams that we like are in it though Yeah, well, I mean, Nick would have to go back and get some. What, you, what, what are your plans for tonight, Nick? You're gonna put on some Showtime and paint your nails. I'm gonna try to figure out how I can make this the first high in Super Bowl history, like straight up. <laughs> no, nice. neither team gets a trophy. Or would both teams get a trophy? Nope, they only have one. They can't split it in two. So, sorry. All right. Hey, thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Uncontested. Officially, during this stream, we broke the 1K mark. On YouTube subs. Shout out to you guys, man. Team Degenerate all the way. I've been calling them Team Degenerate because they've been on these post games with me at like 12.45 a.m. <laughs> this week. So shout out to you guys. Thank you guys so, so, so much. Make sure you also subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Drop that five-star rating. We will be back with you tomorrow night after the Thunder take on the New Orleans Pelicans. Our guy J.D. Silva is on that show. And then I will be with you. Wednesday night as the Thunder beat the Houston Rockets, Nick Crane, and are not checked out. So we will see you guys soon. Until then, enjoy the Super Bowl. Have a great start to your week. And we'll talk to you uh, in about a day and a half. Until then, and as always, good luck.